0: Reality ripples like a heat effect as the Meta-Buddha closes his eyes and concentrates. Next. He woke up with what seemed like an upset stomach. He knew his day wasn't starting well when he looked into the toilet bowl and saw his spine. Now he'd have to spend money he didn't have on a new one. Next. Rohypnol in her blood, and so was progesterone, which is essentially a small sterilization pill, the drug is now being used by rapists at parties to rape and sterilize their victims. Progestrix is available to vets to sterilize large animals. Rumor has it that progesterix is being used together with Rohypnol, the date rape drug. As with Rohypnol, all they have to do is drop it into the girl's drink. The girl can't remember a thing the next morning of all that had taken place the night before. Progestrix, which dissolves in drinks just as easily, is such that the victim doesn't conceive from the rape, and the rapist needn't worry about having a paternity test identifying him months later. Next. The Point Man is a bit of a bastard that just wants his past to stay behind him. While generally dodging inconvenience, the organization sends the backup, powered special op soldiers, which previously employed the Point Man, after him to tie up loose ends. Afterwards, Point Man wages a war against the shadowy chairmen, vampire executives that run the organization, that use bacteria men that explode their nervous systems to create EMPs. Yet again, Point Man must stop penguins, pissed off with humanity for global warming, who defrost arctic dinosaurs to destroy all humans. Then, a story with ninjas in it. Next. I'd get drunk quicker if I wasn't a goddamn superhuman. Fucking cellular regeneration keeps the kidneys and the liver working just fine, makes getting wasted damn near impossible. The whiskey stokes a warm fire in my belly, and the beer puts it out cold. Seven rounds of shots, and I can still drive. My buddies are propping up the bar, or under it. Later on, I'll head home, in a straight line, and watch late-night TV. It'll be flipping between old cartoons and new infomercials. This is my life. Everyone dreams of being a superhero, No one counts on the inability to thwart a bank robbery or the utter lack of costumed supervillains. My costume, oh so carefully hand-sewn, is tattered and moth-eaten in the closet. I was supposed to be pinnacle. I was supposed to be a hero. Now I just try to get drunk. It was the next night that I saw it on TV. I was at the highly reputable gentlemen's club, the Oral Office, watching the L.A. New England game. I had 50 bucks on L.A., a newscast interrupted and said some nut calling himself the phage was holding City Hall ransom. Next. As a battered Spider-Man in a black and red costume swings through the skeletal remains of a large metropolitan city, his spider sense goes off wildly. He hides in the remains of a building as, broken down, as a broken-down sentinel marches uh, using a beaten carnage as an eye patch. Carnage calls to him to help. As Spidey carefully dodges the robot's range of sight and weakened sensors, Carnage tries to bond to Spider-Man for a healthy body. As the symbiote weakly crawls over Spidey's arm, it seems that the costumes merge. He quietly whispers, to take all of it. Unbeknownst to Carnage, Spider-Man is unloading the guilt and pain this world has dealt him. He breaks contact and Carnage realizes what happened. Carnage reveals what happened verbally and tries to attack Spider-Man. As Carnage breaks free, Spidey slaps him down and says thanks. Spider-Man swings away. We cut to a low-tech shield installation. A cracked video screen shows the Carnage-Spider-Man fight. A shadowed leader says, we'll send him. We cut to hours later as Spider-Man wanders down his destroyed childhood street. Spidey is wildly screaming about taking all of them down. As an unconscious, Carnage gets thrown to his feet. You... We pan up to an aged Wolverine. Wolverine explains that no man can escape his past, or should. Spidey relents and gets his memories back from carnage. As the transfer completes itself, Spidey, Spidey's spider sense goes off. He ducks, and Wolverine gets hit by a large robotic hand, far too neat and cruel to be the sentinel from before. Wolverine pulls himself out of a brick wall. You'd knew I'd be okay. Can't say the same for him, We see Carnage, or the puddle that used to be, from under some fresh rubble. Both heroes look up at the moonlight silhouette on the robot's head. Doom, one of them utters. You should be so lucky, utters the figure. The wizard, in amazing battle armor, floats down, but still over the street. Several metal orbs, no bigger than a baseball, orbit him. That was Selections from Doug's Idea Dump. I'm Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. This is the episode I've talked about, I think a couple weeks back, about starting your idea dump. Now, let me start at the very beginning, sort of. This is one of those stories that I'll start in the middle and then go back to the uh, beginning, flashback, you know what, it'll make sense once we all get through it. It was my sophomore year of college, uh, maybe even junior year, and I had uh, a teacher, a uh, When you're an English major and you start getting into your major's courses, you come up with a lot of the same kids and a lot of the same teachers. And instead of having page minimums, you have page maximums to teach you word economy, which is fantastic and will probably get talked about much later in Mr. Right. The teacher would go, okay, today's Monday. I want a fully formed story when we see you on Wednesday go forth and write and would dismiss us and I had a few friends and uh, fellow students who were like, oh my god, I have to come up with an idea I have to come up with like a fully formed thing, oh my god, oh my god Like if I just had like the kernel or a nugget of something, I could just work and I went, I have an entire file on my computer that's just ideas and they looked at me as if I was trying to describe yellow to a dog and Basically, the idea dump, that's what I call my file. You can call it whatever you'd like. Uh, Brain babies, writing spores, half-formed abortions, whatever you want to call it. That last one was a little dark, and I'm sorry, but there was actually a a file on my computer called Premature Births that's uh, fully formed ideas that I just never did anything with. But I started the idea dump after talking to... Uh, fellow writer, Warren Ellis, and he had talked about how he had finally kind of digitized um, all of his notebooks, all of his moleskins into text edit, Microsoft Word, what have you, um, and it got me thinking that I would—that's what I would do. I'd just dump all of these ideas into a file, keep them. Um, if they don't fit, if they do fit, if datum A fits in the datum B, and sometimes if datum A fits in the datum E. Uh, then I would have those datums. So I'm going to kind of go through each piece I just read and explain why it's there, um, what the purpose is. This is going to be similar uh, thematically to the episode called Puzzle Pieces where I read, oof, they were called the MySpace pieces. It was Timelessness and The Man with the Ugly Face. Two things that didn't fit in. They didn't end up in my idea dump because they were technically fully formed. Um, the idea dump is where I put character names, straight dialogue, things from my dreams. Um, I'm a huge fan of writing down what I dream. I've got a notebook by my bed in case I dream something and it's amazing. And I i do not trust myself and nor should you uh, trust yourself that when you go, oh, that was really cool, remember that, remember that, remember that, because when you wake up nine times out of ten, you can't remember it. Um, There is that one out of ten, but that's, that's only ten percent, and how many nights do you go to bed every night? How many have you had in your entire life? What is ten percent of that? It's insubstantial, assuming you've had a medium life. I mean, if you're like, a four-year-old, then who gives a shit. But I'm a big fan of keeping the idea dump. Like I said, it's characters, uh, stray lines of dialogue, an inciting event. It could be an image. So, reality ripples, like the heat effect off of a Buddha while he flexes, yeah. That was, I was reading a lot of Grant Morrison, and I started writing stuff like that. And it was something that was just a really neat visual, and then I ended up using it in... Not only my senior year thesis for fiction, which was the third act of a comic book I was writing, but obviously I used it for the comic book I was writing, which was called Time Capsule Hand Grenade. It worked out. Once again, datum A didn't fit datum B, but it went to datum E years down the road. He woke up with what seemed like an upset stomach. He knew his day wasn't going, great, he shit his spine. This... Ended up evolving into a piece in Black Falls where one of the characters ends up growing like a weird, satanic, malevolent tumor on his shoulder. That, that kind of grew out of that, but I've always loved the, the visual writing of that. He looks down in the bowl and sees his spine. Because you're right there with him and you go, oh, Jesus. Um, and then, kind of the twist, he'd have to spend more money that he didn't have on on a new one. Uh, very post-human. Next, you have the Rohypnol and the Progesterics bit. That was... That ended up being a hoax online. Um, but the first time I read it, before it was revealed that it was a hoax, was fascinating to me. Not because I ever intended to do anything like that, but to have... A truly vile character do it. I mean, rape is probably like the benchmark for villainy, but to not only rape and then sterilize your victim, that, that is true villainy. It reminds me as well as I will collect scientific evidence, um, things I find online. A good example is uh, while I was writing my first novel, Strangest Kindness, I had to look up what embalming fluid was made out of and I put that into the idea dump because I knew, being that I had built like a skeletal structure uh, outline of the novel, I knew I would need to know that. So maybe at middle of the beginning of the novel, I managed to throw that in my idea dump. That way I went, okay, when I get there, there's my knowledge. It's safe. It's backed up and it's i can just you know kind of cut and copy as i need the point man is an interesting character uh the point man is a bit of a bastard that just wants to let his past stay behind him i brought this up because when i read this now i realized that i'd written a series of characters who were utterly unconnected and they all were quote unquote what i call men of convenience or a person of con- uh, convenience they don't want to be bothered And I thought the point, man, was very interesting because your idea dump can be a reflection of what you're writing now, what you wrote then. Um, You could have written the maddest bastard stuff um, when you were 15 and go, Well, I was 15 I didn't know what the fuck I was thinking. It's probably utter shit. And then when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and you start looking and you go, I want something young and hip and edgy and scary. And you look back at some of the stuff you had when you you wrote when you were in your teens and angry at everything and had this really unique look on life that cannot be truly captured unless you captured it yourself. It's really cool uh, to kind of data mine, so to speak, um, your own head, your own past. And that's what Point Man was. So it's a really good example of Sometimes you can look back and go, oh, I can use that now. It may not have worked then, but it'll work now. The piece, uh, the little short snippet about the uh, superhuman getting drunk at a bar. Honestly, that came out of me drinking at a bar and thinking like, what if no one knew I was a superhero? This is very close akin to when Joss Whedon originally conceptualized Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was called Rhonda the Vampire Slayer or Rhonda the Vampire Slaying Waitress, or something like that. And he went, well, what if this woman has a you know weird secret life where she just kills vampires? I thought, what if I'm at a bar, and everyone's just ignoring me, and girls won't talk to me, but I'm invulnerable, and I can bench press three cars. Or whatever. Have heat vision. Whatever. It ended up not evolving into anything, but I like the idea. I still like the idea. Um, there are... Certain aspects of the next piece, uh, I tend to dodge because Mark Miller tends to like somehow mind rape my ideas for Marvel Comics. Um, so hopefully he doesn't do your everyday what I call the like drunk everyday Superman. But once again, this is an idea where it could be something. You listen to it, and you can tell there's something there. When it will be finalized, when it will be. Fully realized could be years. Once again, like I said, with the shoving everything into an idea dump, it just stays there and sometimes it ferments in a good way, uh, like a wine, or sometimes it rots like a body. Um, I've got probably a 70-30 split on that one, wine versus body. What an odd, odd metaphor, Doug. But once again, it's just something that I thought was so fucking cool, and I was like, I'm just going to shove this into the idea dump, and when I get to it, I'll get to it. Or, once again, maybe I'll need that character to come into something I'm writing now. Maybe it didn't work then. This is a reoccurring uh, theme, like I said, with the sister episode, Puzzle Pieces. The last piece I read, uh, obviously had copyrighted characters. It had Spider-Man, it had Wolverine, it had Carnage, Uh, there's a note that Carnage could have been played by Toxin, uh, who I don't know if that's a character anymore. Um, The Wizard, Doctor Doom. Even though the idea dump is, you would imagine, meant for original ideas, things I think of in my dreams, things I think of on a daily basis... Character names that are wholly original. Sometimes I have ideas about pre-existing properties. I had originally put in my pitch to Marvel for Moon Knight. Yes, that happened. Uh, It was one of the best rejection letters I ever got back. Uh, They ended up going with Reginald Hudlin. Can't blame him. Though, a critical success, not a commercial success, so, meh. Um, It did border on the everyday Superman idea. My idea for Moon Knight was that a convenience store clerk gets tapped on the shoulder by uh, Khonshu, the moon god, uh, to become the new Moon Knight, which once again, like Point Man and the Men of Convenience, like Dante Kindness, the Point Man, Uh, there's a character named uh, Jason Callender that I thought of who had a a 12-part novel series that will be my grand opus if I ever get off my ass and write it. We're just men of convenience. I just want to be left alone. And for a while there, I was writing really everyday superheroes. It's people in everyday situations. They don't need to be orphaned billionaires or... Well, I guess Iron Man's an orphan. I mean, his parents are dead technically. But you know what I mean? Like a grown-up, not orphan, billionaire playboy with a suit of armor... Um, I was writing kind of very street level people, uh, much like the drunk everyday Superman or the Moon Knight that worked at a 7-Eleven or whatever the Marvel equivalent would that, that would be to not get sued. But my point is that I have ideas for Batman comics, Superman comics, obviously a Marvel comic um, in my idea dump because those are my ideas. Maybe I'll just send it to Marvel. Really, like, elevator pitch it. It won't happen. And Mark Miller will probably steal it from my brain. But you never know. And that's the thing about ideas. It could be a character name like, Dante Kindness. It could be... My novel started as a pitch to D- uh, DC Vertigo for a Hellblazer run. Now, once again, rejected letter. They went with Brian Azzarello. And his run was fantastic. I loved it. I own it. Most expensive rejection letter ever. But that didn't stop me from going, Okay, well, I have this idea of this con artist street magician. And this is what happens. Well, you know what? It's not going to be a run on Hellblazer. So I'm going to make it a novel. Perfect example of the idea dump. Shove it in there. You may use it, you may not use it, but hey, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So that is the lesson you need to take from the idea dump, or whatever you're going to call your file. You can just call it ideas. It doesn't have to be weird or rude. Uh, It could just be ideas. This is one of the few things, as a writer, it's one of our commandments, it's a testament to being a writer. It's one of the greatest tools you can ever have. Is just having a file you shove your ideas in. The only other like top testament other than like thou shalt not kill or thou shalt write down stuff in your idea folder or file is thou shalt write. Um, find your time to do it. I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole nother episode. When you say you love writing, but you don't have the time, if you love it, you'll find the time to do it. Actually, that's the entire episode, boom, right there, in like 20 seconds. So remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading, right on.